Hey there, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Amber. We're identical twin sisters from Southern California. While we may look exactly alike, sometimes we think that's all we have in common. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and hang out with us for a little bit. This is Hashtag Twin Life Podcast. Hey, twin. What's up, twin? How are you? Good. I'm good. All right, everybody. So we are trying something different today. Yeah, we are. are. We are We're, recording from separate locations, which is strange. Yes, we are recording from remote locations. She's at her house and I'm at my house because we have, next week, we have um, a podcast with another set of twins that we know. We'll introduce them next week. And we yeah, have, they live true. in, yeah, they live in Canada. So we, uh, we test out the Skyping podcast situation um ourselves before we included them so yep so there might be some glitches with the sound and whatnot but uh yeah that comes with testing things out for the first time though huh maybe it'll be perfect yeah maybe it'll be perfect doubtful but maybe it'll be perfect okay (laughs) so um i guess we should start by recapping our week how was your week uh it was it was a week, um, but I mean I started my second week of training over at the spot. Um, I know it sounds weird for me to say that, but I don't like to I don't I want to tell where I work because I feel like that's you know not that we're super famous or anything, but I don't yeah. want people showing up at where I'm at. Um, so I started my second week, and it's basically becoming like you know second nature anyway. So it's just it's just gets easier and easier every day, which is nice. Um, Blake and I have been talking a lot about this a lot this week about moving out of San Diego um, because it's ridiculously expensive here. And um, and I think a lot of people that I know out here actually have like everybody I talk to about it is just like, yeah, like we really want to move, you know, sorry to the rest of the states in the country. But when you live in a city that's overpriced in every every everything from gas to utilities to electric bill or to um, rent all that stuff it's just like it makes you want to makes you want to move so we've been talking a lot about that this week kind of doing you know logistically calculating out the numbers and um and you know he's on he's on the hunt for jobs elsewhere so it's been kind of good it's been like hopeful and exciting and looking forward to a change for sure um I it gave me like a weird perspective though on like not a weird perspective, but a new perspective. I, I've been thinking a lot about how, like, when we were kids, our parents, like, we only remember our life from our, from that point in our, like, from when we were born. You know what I mean? Like, we don't ever, or not even when we were born. Most people only remember to, like, like, right around five years old, maybe, is when they really start to remember things. Yeah. And they base everything that they've learned in life off of whatever stage that we're in. So they don't remember any challenges that their parents had when they were first born or any of that stuff. And so I've really been thinking about like, obviously it's as stressful as it's been the last few months, like at home. Um, I, my ultimate goal was, is to like stabilize Landon's life can completely stabilize it and like put our roots down and find a city to grow in and learn in. And so Landon can feel like he has somewhere he's from and like not, we're not constantly having to like uproot him and move him. So I want, I want his life memories to be set in a place and like, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but he's only going to yeah. where he remembers. And so it's like as much pressure as I feel on myself right now, like he turns two in a couple of weeks, like things are kind of really just like crazy right now. But like, I want him to, I need to remember that my focus is to just like, you know, make his life the best it can be in his memory span. And, and so it like, I don't know, in a weird way, it kind of takes the pressure off. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Because Phoenix is four now. And realistically, everything that happened for us, it seems like it was like so impactful in the first four years of his life. It seems like it's so impactful. But reality is what has happened in his life in the last four years. He's just barely starting to remember the last year of his life and, rec- and recall the last year of his life. Yeah. So not to say like if there's like major trauma or su- or anything like that, that people don't remember those even when they're young. But little things like moving or, you know, growing up, like you really only remember, like the, you might remember the kindergarten you go to, you know? 
You're only going to remember like the preschool you went to because your parents told you that, oh yeah, you went to preschool with this person. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, like things like, you know, I feel so much more invested and connected to Landon's bedroom, for example, like, because I spent so much time and energy, like getting exactly the way that I liked it. But in reality, Landon doesn't care one way or the other what his room looks like. Yeah, he cares not. He cares not at all. I care. So it's like releasing those things and not adding those things to the pressure of like, you know, and embracing change and hopeful in the possibilities of what the changes in the next, you know, few months are going to bring. And so I've just really been focusing on that in the last couple of months. And um, it brings with it its challenges mentally, like relationship wise, whatever. But like, you know, it's just, it's just, I keep looking like to the future and like hopeful and positive. So um, it's been, it's been straight stressful, but it also has brought in a lot of like fresh hope and fresh like eyes on life. So that's good. That was, that was totally like, I didn't plan on talking about that, but there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, with this week going on with everything going on with obviously like the coronavirus, people are kind of like, you know, spending a lot more time with at home, spending a lot more time with their family. So I'm sure that it's like testing, you know, like how, the how way much, they think. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say te- like testing how much you really like spending time with your kids and like your, your significant others and like, yeah. And I, I've been kind of like, so it's kind of a struggle for me because on the one hand I'm, you know, there's a lot of people that, or if you, even myself, if you'd asked me, you know, six months ago, Hey, like, would you love to spend a whole entire month just at home with your kid? And I'd have been like, yes, I would love to do that. But now that it's six months after I haven't been working and I've been at home, I've sort of gotten to this routine of like the things that I get done before Phoenix comes home from school. And now he's back. It's kind of going to be back for at least two weeks. So it's very hard to entertain a little. Like if you have teenagers that are going to be home, chances are they're going to find things to do themselves. They're going to be messaging their friends, FaceTiming their friends, reading, watching television, you know, whatever else, they're not going to be interacting with you as much. Like you'll probably have to be like, Hey, you're not going to spend this entire time on the phone. There's going to be, they still have schoolwork they need to attend to. They still have, you know, they still can go outside, ride their bikes, whatever. Um, and in some cases still, you know, play with friends in small groups and whatever else. So that's going to, that's a completely different type of situation. Having a teenager home is completely different than having your four-year-old home because what I have to do to entertain him, he excuse me he literally only stays entertained for 15 maybe 30 minutes at a time so when you break that down into amount of activities that I have to have for them that's at least 16 separate activities times seven days times seven so it's like a lot of things that I have to do to keep him entertained and to keep my own sanity and it's like it's just I don't know it's just a lot so I am grateful that I have the opportunity that I'm blessed to be able to stay home with him. Um, but I'm also, it is also going to be kind of interesting to like have him home. I don't know. I'm sure there's other moms out there that I can relate. And there's also other moms on the other side of it that are like, Hey, I don't get to stay home or Hey, I am home, but I don't want to be home because I need to make a living and whatever else. And I totally understand that. And I understand that it's like a privilege and a blessing that I can have the opportunity to stay home. Cause if I still had my full-time job at Applebee's, there'd been no way like Derek would have been the one that would have had to stay home and change his whole entire work schedule um, to accommodate Phoenix. And that would have really affected us, you know, more in the financial aspect than my job. So um, yeah. So every parent out there that's listening, hopefully if you're at home, hopefully you're having more time to listen to podcasts, which means you're listening to this podcast. There you go. Catch up on your podcast. Exactly. Good time (laughs) to catch up on your podcast. So with that said, we are going to talk about, did you see, did you hear? And I'm hoping that yours has nothing to do with the coronavirus because mine does not. So no, I don't. I, that's that's all the coronavirus talk we're going to have for you guys. We the world is being bombarded by it as it is. I'm tired of getting the emails and all the stuff. So we'll use this as an escape. Yes. Okay. So go ahead. What's yours? Okay. So I've got a few. How okay. many do you have this week, twin? I, I just have one. Okay. I've got three. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. One is a real kind of a short one. Queer Eye is filming in Austin right now. Yes. We were I'm just so started excited. Filming. Isn't that exciting? Thank God. Oh my gosh. So, that's super dope. So it'd be really weird if like any like okay, if you've never lived in Austin, you don't understand this, but those of us who are friends that live in Austin, Austin is a very small big town. Yeah. 
So you, by a ratio of one, you know somebody in Austin. Like, you know somebody who knows this person that you saw. Like, everybody <laughs> knows people in Austin. Like, you're connected to a singular person. So it's like the bacon numbered is, like, not even non-existent. It's literally one person. So um, it's very likely that we can see people we know, people who know people that we know. So um, when the season starts, we'll definitely, like, include that in our podcast as we watch, like, the different people on there and, and let you guys know if we – you know, if we know any of the people, like how we're connected to any of them, um, For sure. that, that'll be really cool to watch. Um, the other one was, if you haven't seen the news, Harvey Weinstein was uh, sentenced to 23 years, yeah. um, the convictions of rape and sexual assault or sexual abuse. So, um, he will be probably dying in prison cause he's already old. So, um, I feel like people found that like, there's, I never want, you never want to find solace in somebody's like suffering, no matter what they've done. Actually, I can't say no matter what they've done, because Blake and I were talking about uh, Al Capone last night. For some reason, we started talking about, oh, there was, I don't know, we were watching something that made Blake think of a, oh, we were, we were watching videos on St. Louis. Um, and it reminded Blake, somehow reminded him of Chicago, because we were kind of looking at maps to see, like, how close St. Louis was to Chicago versus how close it was to Little Rock, where his mom lives, and all this stuff. Um, and so we started talking about Chicago, and there's a Anyways, there's a song that Blake was listening to that tells, like, the story of Al Capone, like, shooting up Chicago. Um, so, anyways, backtracking that. I don't really feel like anybody felt bad for Al Capone dying, but, like, and maybe Harvey Weinstein is Al Capone. But I I don't like to be like, yes, somebody's going to be in prison for 23. Like, that sounds terrible. Am it's I, sad for his I, family. Yeah, I'm sad for his family. I'm excited for the, maybe these maybe this gives these women some closure. So, maybe that is good. Um but, you know, there, there that is. So there's a final conviction for him. Um, well, it's not quite final because there's still a bunch of civil cases open. So even uh, though he's in prison, his family still gets to deal with all the civil cases. So that's unfortunate for the family because now they're responsible for because he doesn't have access to his estate, obviously, when he's in jail. So anybody that's suing his estate um, or any personal lawsuits, like his family kind of has to deal with that on the outside. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, and it's going to be a while, too. There's a lot of cases to go through. Cases stay in courts for long, long periods of time. So it's just unfortunate that it's, like, this big. But, I mean, I honestly feel like if you have a civil suit against Harvey Weinstein, he's going to prison for 23 years. He probably – he got sentenced to 23 years. Do I think he's going to be in there for 23 years? No, he probably wouldn't live long enough to live out a 23-year sentence. Um, but I feel like – if you have a civil suit against him, drop your civil suit. He's already being punished. You don't need that. You, I feel like it's just greedy to be like, well, I deserve some money from him. Like, no. Like, you, he's already being convicted. Do you feel like you need to tell, tell your story to write a book? Um, yeah. So, okay. So, the last one, which was one that I thought was kind of funny. Have you heard about the cha-cha slide challenge on TikTok? Uh, I have heard about it, but I don't think it's very funny. It's not funny. Oh, Okay. I, I, but I think it's one of those like stupid millennial slash generation Z things that people do. Like, it's like the Tide Pod challenge. Like, why are we doing things that can endanger? Like, the Tide Pod challenge, I guess, is your own personal body and you're an idiot. Same with the cinnamon challenge and those things. But the, the cha cha, okay, so for anybody who doesn't know what the cha cha slide challenge is, it's basically these kids that are filming themselves driving in the car, driving to the cha cha slide. So if it says like drive to or slide to the left, they swerve into the left lane. If it says, when it says slide to the right, they swerve into the right lane. If it says crisscross, they cross in and out of two lanes. And it's super dangerous. At high speeds. It's not like they're driving down a dirt road. They're driving down the, yeah, the freeway. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't understand why someone thought this was a good idea. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get why people want to do like things that are like endangering other people. Like if you're going to be an idiot and eat a Tide Pod, like that's you, that's your own you you're an idiot but it, don't include somebody else in your madness like don't like endanger a whole highway of people and the people in your car because some, one person is like because in the one video that I saw one person was recording it while the other person was driving um, but imagine people that are literally recording themselves by driving by themselves recording themselves doing the cha-cha slide challenge like yeah so and at the least like you're looking at you hurt somebody you're looking at um like endangerment or manslaughter or you like you're looking at felonies like for doing this for any other like drive any other driving offense like that's I'm not a lawyer or anything but that literally legitimately 
you're looking at spending time in jail because you wanted to drive to a stupid song. So, I mean, people are, if you have teenagers that are doing this, tell them, like, or if you don't know if they're doing this or not, have a conversation. Say, like, hey, saw this on the internet. You're not doing this, right? Because you're about to lose your car. And you better not be in the car with anybody that's doing this, you know? Because yeah. I don't want to be at planning your funeral in a week. Like, um, said, be, like Lana would be Ubering. Obviously, these two were like, yep, you're, you wouldn't be able to drive. You'd be Ubering everywhere. What is the law for, like, what age do you have to be to Uber? There's, like, an age restriction. Um, I don't I, I don't think know. you can't. I, I think you technically aren't allowed to take an Uber if you're under 18. But I know because that high school kids Uber. Yeah, but but it's because people, <clears throat> excuse me, because Uber drivers may just break the rules. Like they can't have an account um, with Uber, but they can they can just have the um, their parents can order one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it says um, in relation to requests for underage drivers, a rider must or riders a rider must be at least eighteen years of age to have an account. And request rides. Anyone under 18 must be accompanied by someone 18 years of age or older on any ride. Yep. See? Told you. Okay. So, but there's some people that, so what there are, but there is though, there's another set of, it's not Uber, but it's like another company. And what they do is like, they are, they drive kids to and from their extracurricular activities. So it's a set of thing. Yeah. There's an there's an yeah, there's an app for it, and it's like parents that have like minivans or whatever, and it's like a carpool, and so they will just drive your kids to and from their events, pick them up from their events, whatever, and it's just like separate from, um, you know, like their uh, from Uber basically. Honestly, so it kind of disappoint. It's kind of like disappointing a little bit because I'm sure there's lots of parents who have 16, 16 year olds and seventeen year olds that drive and drive by themselves places. And I'm sure they'd wish that, like, hey, like, your 16-year-old who's maybe going to a party or 17-year-old maybe going to a party could Uber themselves home. Yeah, I get that. But there's also, like, the thing, like, what if something happens to your kid? Like, Uber yeah. doesn't want to be responsible for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so my thing is just, like, really small. But I saw a commercial for, I forget the brand, but it was a commercial about bras. And apparently, yes, I saw it earlier. Yeah, apparently, sports bras were created by sewing together two jock straps. I didn't know that. I had no idea that that was a thing. So, in case anybody was wondering, that is what bras, bras, our sports bras came from in the seventies. Bras were apparently like it was the idea of a bra was in the seventies, and it was like female athletes that decided, obviously, I need something to hold up these boobs because I'm running and whatever. Um, so it's ironic that in the 70s, a woman created the sports bra when a lot of women were going braless because they wanted to free the boobs and whatever. And there are women that are like, hey, I understand you want to free your boobs, but you're not running and playing and being athletic and stuff every single day. So I guess when you think about it, that makes perfect sense, though. Two jock straps sewn together. Yeah. So it says um, by 1997, this woman late named Lisa Lindahl uh, was fed up with running her regular under running in her regular underwire bra, the university of Vermont employee then in her later twenties was frustrated that her male jogging partner could take off his shirt to run to cool down while she was stuck in a bra that slipped off of her shoulders and dug into her back as she ran. So basically she was like, Hey, I'm going to create something more comfortable. And she said that, um, they set up a creative solution and they basically, uh, it says that they didn't make much progress until Lindahl then Lindahl's then husband grabbed two jock straps and held it over her chest joking and he'd found it turns out he was onto something so her husband was joking saying about hey these would fit on your boobs and then there you go so it was two jock straps sewn together the first sports bra by champion was two jock straps stitched together and, and the bra was $16 what year? In uh, Lundahl and her partner sold the company to what would become champion in 1990. So it was in the 1970s. Uh, 70s. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. That's I can't believe that. I can't. I feel yeah, like sports bras have been around. Champion, champion created the first sports bra. 
Well, technically, this woman did, and then she sold the company to to them. So they were the first ones to manufacture and sell a sports bra. So you would think that Champion should have like the best sports bras if they were like the originators. You would think, but maybe not. Champion at Walmart isn't that that isn't that where you get Champion stuff? Yeah, I believe so. Well, that's neat. Fun yeah. fact: twins, apparently. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> also fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, so let's talk about, you, you want to talk about the after the final rose first or about the finale first? I feel like the after the final. Do it in chronological order. Okay, so after the final rose. So I didn't really have anything about the after the final rose, honestly, that really stuck out to me. I think that the biggest thing was what we talked about last week with Rachel. This week, I think the only thing, or the, like this week, if we're going to talk about it, I mean, they kind of all went back and forth. They talked about Tammy, who basically, or Tammy talked, and she basically had no remorse whatsoever about her behavior. And uh, Kelly better. Kelly looked like a sane person. Kelly. Like, Kelly. Kelsey. Kelly wasn't there. Kelsey. Um, yeah, that's, Kelly was not there. Yeah, that's an important thing to know, is Kelly was not there because she apparently was not invited. Who said Nat- that? Natasha wasn't there, but Natasha said she had a prior engagement, so she couldn't go. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey looked better. She admitted that she looked like a crazy person. And on, on the, honestly, so did Victoria. Victoria yeah. F was just like, I don't understand how Peter put up with me. Like, you showed me so much. Like, you're really showing me that you love me and whatever. But I'm sure there, it was weird to see that and then see what we saw in the finale because it was, because um, that was the women tell all. And yeah. we just, I don't know. The girls, they honestly instant, instantaneously started going for each other. And, like, all this catty stuff. Um, what's her name? Alea. I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't like her because her personality is just so annoying, prickly. And, like, she just comes off as, like, very uppity and self-centered and, like, like she is the queen of the world. Um, but she was just like, you girls know me and this is how I am all the time. I'm like, well, I hope you're not like that all the time because that's not likable. I don't care who you are. Like, that's not likable. The way that you come off and present yourself isn't likable and the fact that she came back I she still didn't seem to have an explanation as to why she came back and brought everybody's crap with her yeah like that didn't make any sense she could have come back like I feel like still we said this before she should have come back kept her mouth shut and she should have pulled the I'm here I I really think that Peter and I have an amazing connection and I want to be here for Peter and y'all can either get out of my way or leave me alone but that's why I'm here and kept her mouth shut she did not need to drag Victoria P into it she didn't need to drag Victoria F into it. She didn't do any of that. It just seemed spiteful and catty. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyways, anything else? I mean, nothing else really. I mean, of course, he talked to the girls, and they seemed very – somebody asked Peter directly, like somebody had – like a producer had written it on a card for her to ask, the way she said it. Um, what is your response to people saying that you encourage the drama in the house? And – his response was, I just followed my heart and I did the best I could and I wasn't perfect. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that's what he's going to respond to. But it doesn't it didn't it's clear. It did not change my opinion whatsoever because he just continued that same pattern when we moved into the finale. Yeah. So um, do you want to start off with talking about the finale? twin? Sure. Yeah. So basically, he. We see we, the episode kind of starts where he's like. He's decided he he's talked to Madison or and Matt they go on a they go on he goes on his date with Madison he goes on his date with Hannah Ann on his date with Madison Madison decides to break things off because of and I believe it's because of how ridiculous his family was in the hometowns because his mom was super super rude to her yeah and uh, well actually not her hometowns but when they meet his family. Um, cause it was a two night finale. So when they meet, when she meets his family, there's this whole issue because, you know, she, she apparently made his mother wait for three hours before she went in. But the reason she did was because I believe that she didn't want to waste their time if like, she didn't want to go meet them for a second time because, uh, newsflash, she'd already met, met the people. She didn't need to meet them again. So it's not like she was going to meet a brand new family. She met them her first date with Peter which so, is weird because Barb tried to act like she'd never seen the girl in her life and she loved her. She literally, like, if you replay it, 
she said that she hoped that Peter picked her. Yeah. And she was like the she was amazing and did it. So now she's stuck. Like I saw a meme on Twitter or a post on Twitter that was saying like, hey, does anybody else get sick pleasure out of the fact that Madison is in Barb's uh, vow renewal photos forever? <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So she. So the mom. Okay. So his mom, Barb, hated Madison like with for no passion. Which I don't understand. She acts like he is literally like a godsend and she is like Satan. I'm like, how is the virgin girl that goes to church and literally makes God the, and the center of her life and grow up in a faith-filled family, Satan? I'm so confused as to why we are so upset with Madison at all. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, and she, the reasons that she liked Hannah Ann, I genuinely think this is because Hannah Ann just literally bowed at the throne. Like, she could tell that she was going to be able to manipulate Hannah Ann. She was going to be able to control her. Every decision that she made, she was going to be able to, like, dictate, you know, whatever she did. And I think that she was happy with that. She's like, oh, finally, like, I have a, I, my, my, you know, my I little boy. My I have a daughter. Yeah, a daughter that she can control. And that is never going to keep Peter from her. Is never going to move away. Is never going to, like, and I'm just like. But that's literally how Hannah Ann came off when she was even, I mean, even like, even when she was telling, like even, so she does break up with him. Um, I mean, uh, he does, he does end up proposing to her. Um, and then she, bre- he breaks up with her. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh no. She yeah. breaks up with him or he breaks up with her. But I it really kind of felt like she broke up with him. If I'm just being honest. Um, well, you can't, you kind of, you kind of jump forward because you, how did we get there? Oh, because hey, Madison, yeah. Keep talking about The Bachelor while I go grab my charger for the MacBook so it doesn't die. Oh, okay. I'll be right back. So, okay. Um, so basically, uh, while she's doing that, I will talk to you guys. So basically uh, what happens is that she pretty much goes on the date with, with Peter and Mad- uh, <clears throat> Madison goes on a date with Peter. They break up. And, um, they end up, uh, she breaks up with him and says, basically, I don't think it's going to work. And like I was saying, I think that's because of the, the conversation she had with Barb and Barb not liking her. And so they broke up and she left. It was really, really, really sad. He, he didn't want to, what it didn't want her to leave. And, um, yeah, so it was really, really hard to watch. And then, so now Peter is basically has only one girl left. He doesn't tell Hannah Ann that she's the last girl. She, he goes on the second, he goes on the date with her the whole date, doesn't tell her she's the last one. And he decides, okay, I guess I, it took two days and was like, okay, I think this is the girl I'm going to pick. Now, the thing that's weird, even weirder about that though, is that she, like, I think he should have told her. He didn't tell her because he didn't want her to break up with him. That's honestly what I feel like. Like she was already yeah. not wanting to show up. And so instead of being an, a man about it and being like, hey, I just want to be honest with you. I just could I knew, I, for some reason I was like, obviously he's going to tell her. And then, so I listened to Ashley I's podcast about it because they were obviously, she had like the four girls on there. She had Sydney on there. She had Tasia and she had, um, I think it was Amanda, Stan, the other girl on there with her. Um, and they were all very confused as to why it was that Peter didn't tell Hannah Ann. And they were even more confused as to why Chris Harrison went to go get Madison and told her that Peter wanted to be with her and loved her. But he never, like he, when Pete, when Chris Harrison asked him, he said, yeah. So I was just like, it was like they, it was like the producers were like, we have to put something together for the finale and put you guys all in one place because Peter has crap this up so bad so we're just going to manipulate everybody into being in the same room and then see what happens yeah well I mean I think so him so Peter breaking up with Hannah or like you said a minute ago it did feel more like Hannah Ann was breaking up with him so basically what happens is he proposes they go off into Mary Fairytale land into the world then they come they do an Ari type of situation where we come back to them to their experience away she shows up at a proposal though, because he like dropped, that's when he dropped in that he, that uh, Hannah Ann was the last one. And I think for her, she thought that she was the last one because she was the last one, not because Madison left. Right. 
I and I feel like she was she went in the in the AF, in AFR. She was made a good point to say like, I feel like you should have. T- well, first of all, she wasn't even sure she was gonna come before. She didn't even know Madison wasn't there, and she was not. She was holding off in the hotel, not sure if she was gonna show up because she wasn't sure if Peter was gonna pick her, and she didn't want to be embarrassed. So to me, it's like if he had said something to her, I think she. I definitely like he said a minute ago. I definitely think she would have said no because. He basically would have been like, so Madison left, uh, I guess it's me and you type of situation. It would have been like, uh, I don't want it to be me and you. If Were you going to pick me? And he clearly yeah. was not. He clearly wanted to pick Madison. So if I was Hannah Ann, I would have been like, okay, like you knew it was her. You've been saying this whole time, oh, I'm in love with both of you. I've never been in love with two women. It was clear as day he was not in love with both of those girls. He was in love with Madison. Yeah. And so, it was, I thought it was super weird, too. Like Chris Harrison... I don't know why Chris Harrison felt the need to tell Peter that Hannah Ann wasn't coming until she wasn't for sure coming until Hannah Ann decided to get in a SUV and drive off and pack her stuff and leave. Chris Harrison shouldn't have said anything to him or he just standing up there for an hour by himself or two hours or whatever by himself waiting, but they didn't even show any waiting. Like it didn't seem like he was waiting at for any period of time. It's like all of a sudden Chris Harrison was like, so I don't think Hannah Ann's coming. Like, well, like, why are you saying you think she's not coming? Like, why are you coming to tell me she might not be? Come and tell me she's not coming. That, to me, also seems, like, very produced and very, like, manipulative um, in this situation. So, anyway, so that was, like, that was the intro to the, um, to the after the, the to the um, Women's Tell All. So then when we get to the finale, it starts off, basically, with Madison breaking up with Peter. And so she breaks up with, or not Madison, I'm sorry with Hannah Ann breaking up with Peter and she like just goes in on him. Like she comes to his house. She tells him that she, he took away the most precious moment of her life. He should have, um, he shouldn't have proposed to her. Obviously we all know this. Um, she was mad because she wanted to get engaged one time and she, he took away the most special moment of her life. Um, and she tells, says all this. So she, she breaks up with him. She basically, she tells him there, I don't need anything from you. Bye. And I was like, she was like, she legit, honestly, I don't, I didn't really like her all that much. She came off very like, uh, naive. Uh, yeah, naive and like butterflies fluttering around the world. Um, and so to see her kind of be a little bit more raw and like standing up for herself was really cool to see. Um, yeah. and even so when we go, when we get, when we get into after, fi- after the final rose, um, so that kind of kicks off. They obviously sit down and have a really uncomfortable conversation, which basically consisted of Barb awkwardly awkwardly to everyone else watching it but she was very passionate about her applauding every time Hannah Ann would dig into Peter they would show a video or like the camera would go on to Madison's or to Peter's mom applauding Barb is just applauding this girl digging into Peter yeah smiling all that and it was so weird because I'm like you the reason that he the only reason that he's in that not the only reason Peter's in this situation because Peter screwed up but as his mother, you should have encouraged him to pick the person that he wanted to pick. He, yeah. Not only did he have you crying and bursting out hysterically in tears to the idea of him picking this woman that he actually wanted to be with, but yeah. then caused her to leave. And then you that manipulated him into picking the girl that you wanted him to pick, but he didn't want to be with her. And you're clapping because he made himself look more of a fool. And now this girl's pissed off at him. And that shouldn't be something she should be celebrating. I thought that yeah. was so, like, just Weird. so that she was just so excited about her son just getting reamed a new one for a situation that she manipulated yeah and even still so like with madison so when madison comes out she like goes in on her for no reason like legitimately reason what her reason was uh that she quoted apparently to multiple people because somebody screenshotted the exact same thing, like they D- she DM'd her this same thing, that you didn't see everything. Madison kept us waiting for three hours, and by the time she got there, she just wasn't so she didn't seem excited to see us. And Hannah Ann seemed like she was just embracing me and everyone else, and she just gave off such a bright whatever energy. And Madison didn't seem like she was like that. Yeah, Madison wasn't there at that point because she because Peter had hurt her and she was she didn't want to meet you guys or wasn't ready to meet you because she didn't want to meet you and then not she didn't want to just frivolously meet you and follow along because 
until she had decided that she was really giving the relationship a shot. And then obviously Barb just shot her in the face, but that was shot her in the foot. That was Barb's reason. It's not a valid reason, but it was supposedly Barb's reason, her main reason that she said that she was pissed off about Madison because she was not nice to her apparently. But anyways, so go, go ahead. So she, you're saying that she's digging into her at the, after the final rose. Yeah. I just feel like I get that she was, I get that she was annoyed about her showing up late, but like, let's get it together. Her mom, his mom has been manipulative from the beginning with the crying, like go get her, don't let her go and all that stuff. And Peter's reaction to that whole, whole conversation to me was like one of the best moments of the whole season because he was like, mom, literally stop. Like, don't do this. Like, do not sit over here and cry to me to pick this girl. Like, no, we're not going to do this because, and I feel like, yeah, that's what he should have said. And then he also defended Madison. I mean, not that Madison needed defending because she very well, she defended herself very well against Barb. Um, after in the, after the final rose. Yeah. After. So Barb digs into her and Chris Harrison's like, Madison, do you have a response? And she was like, honestly, like I love and respect Peter. And because of that, I love and respect his family. So I've never say a negative word about them. And Barb takes that and just doubles down and tell, what was the, what was the biggest quote, quote twin that she had? That was, you're going to, you have to make, you have to fall to get back up or you have to make a mistake to learn. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she said, uh, she said like, you have to, um, she's like, well, you know, I just want my son. Cause Chris asked, asked Barb, like, what are your final words? You know, that you had, you have for your son? And he was like, well, you know, sometimes he just has to make mistakes to, and then learn from them. And like, when you first heard it, I was like, okay, I thought she was, you kind of feel like she's referencing the whole season but that's not what she was referencing. She was referencing Madison. Like, yeah. and then she goes on to say like, okay, yeah, you're going to have to make mistakes. And she's like, I hope you just, and, and you learn from it or whatever. And then she's like, yeah, you know, just so you know, like, just so everybody is clear. We don't, your brother, who's 25, your father, me, all your, your whole support friends. system, all your friends. Yeah. We already know that this isn't going to work with you and Madison because you're just two different people. But the fact that like, they were inc- like, the parts about him that were made him two different people were his, like his drinking and partying and having, and that's all having, you know, sex with everything that moved. Like, I don't understand why his mom is over there cheering him on to be just like the whore of LA. Yeah. And she's like, please be this whore of LA person that drinks and parties every night instead of settling down with somebody who actually will require something more of you. Yeah, exactly. He apparently has required more of Peter than what he has shown. So, yep. anyways, in summation, is there anything else you want to add about it? No, not really. I'm yeah. done. I'm so happy this is over. Yeah, in summation, the season was terrible. And yep. Madison, Peter, Madison and Peter, as of two days ago, are no longer together. Yep. So there we go. <laughs> they are no longer together. Of nine weeks of our life. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. It was the worst. It was not- the worst. Not only does he not stay with the bachelor, the girl he picks, he picks the runner up and then they still break up. So it was just all together a crap show. And then Claire comes out and we're supposed to be all like, you know, skipping daisies that Claire is. And they show Claire's um, clip of her telling off Juan Pablo. Yeah. And I remember looking at it being like, man, Juan Pablo really was the worst. Like he was just so I give zero Fs about any of these girls. I just feel like you and I aren't going to work and then goes in for a hug. It was just like, yeah. So disingenuous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyways, so yeah, there's the bachelor for you. So, um, bachelor in paradise will be soon. Hopefully I don't want to watch the musical love is what is it? Love is in a song or what is it? Singing about I forget what it's called. Some show. I won't be watching that. I literally have no desire to watch a bunch of people sing to find love. I just, I'm good. So yeah. when Paradise comes back, I'll watch that. Um, I may give Claire a shot. Um, after this season, I almost am just like, we may not make it like a sing- singular point to like talk about the Bachelor recap every week. We may just like pop it in here and there if something big happens on the Bachelor. But yeah. Um, it's just they just let us down. I know. It was a rough one. Now we just got to wait for Love is Blind to come back, and then we'll really yeah, have something to talk about. Too. Yeah, we'll really have something to talk about. Okay, so 
do we want to get into our topic? Yeah. Okay. So our topic this week is we're going to just kind of share with you guys what our, um, what our routines, like our day, our day routine with our kids, our nighttime routines. Um, and obviously with like, obviously right now, like in both of our lives, a lot of things are changing based on just like circumstances of the world. Um, but I think that we can kind of give a perspective on what our routines were and how they've adjusted, um, how we've adjusted them to our circumstances, at least. And, and Ashley pondering how she's going to adjust her schedule to the circumstances because tomorrow will be the first day of that. So, um, yeah. my, my schedule when I was working, um, at Francesca's was, um, I was working like nine forty-five in the morning to like three in the afternoon every day. Um, which wasn't not a lot of hours, but it was just like the tra- traffic wise, it took me a long time to get home every day. And Blake and I have, we, Blake and I share a car. So our schedule was pretty tight knit. Like I would go to like in the morning, my thought process is to get Landon up, pop, pop him in the high chair with like with oatmeal and he'll just sit and watch like Daniel Tiger or something while he eats his breakfast. It gives me a good solid 15 to 20 minutes to get, to get ready and get showered. Um, and that was when Blake was like working late at night because he would be sleeping in the morning. Um, and I would want him to sleep as long as possible before I had to, had to leave. So I would do what, that. Then I'd take the dog what out. What time was this? 9.40. Oh, what time did I get up? Yeah. 7am. Okay. So I would get up at 7am. I would get Landon, get him changed or whatever. And like get him in the high chair eating. And then I would jump in the shower for a good 20 minutes. Thankfully I had braids, so I didn't have to worry about doing my hair, but I put makeup on. I get my clothes and everything out the night before um honestly I did add in the I I did add in showering at night to cut my time down in the morning even more because literally I would just get up put because I I was trying the showering in the morning and trying to get ready but a lot of times right as I was about to put foundation on Landon would start crying and like want to be out of the high chair and want to do something else so I like would take a shower at night and then in the morning I would just put makeup on and put my clothes on and that would give me extra time it'd give me like an extra hour in the morning but um to kind of play around with. Um, and then, so it would give me a chance to eat breakfast, a miracle and not have to like get something to eat on the way to work or at this, there's a Starbucks in the mall that I worked in. So, um, I would get like something in the morning for breakfast, but from there, but I was like starting to be able to like make a lunch to work and stuff like that. So it's amazing how you make like one small adjustment showering at night instead of the morning and how much time it adds you to the rest of your day. Um, what is you and Derek and Bean's um, morning routine? Okay, so our morning is a little bit different. Um, it's, I mean, it's kind of been the same. Even when Derek and I both were working full time, it's always been Derek has the mornings and I have um, the nights is kind of the way it was. Now, when I was working um, full time at a restaurant, there was two nights that I would close and I wouldn't get home till two in the morning. So in those situations, that's when, you know, um, I would have, I would be with Phoenix all day um, or Derek would drop him off and then I would get ready and then uh, go to work and then he would pick him up from school and then do the whole nighttime situation, get him fed, get him in bed, all that stuff. Um, So, but when, but now that I am home now, he still does the mornings. He still gets him up, um, gets him to school and and all that stuff. And we alternate um, because I've been going to um, the Y to do yoga and the YMCA that I go to on Tuesday, Thursdays is close to where he is. Phoenix's school is like, it's literally like three minutes. So, and Derek actually works the opposite way of his school. So like when I head that way in the morning, it makes more sense for me to like drive him. But as far as like Derek gets him up in the morning, he gets him dressed, he gets him fed. Um, they have like their bonding time. They'll like play a game or finish up a movie or something and then Derek will get dressed and then he will head out to um, work with Phoenix which if I had my brothers which is like an old person word I would prefer they leave out of the house by eight um, but they don't leave usually till about 9 30 um, so I kind of would rather them leave a little, bit, a little bit earlier but I kind I you know try to leave the morning routine to him and then if they haven't left by nine o'clock or like a quarter to nine, I am out of the house before them and headed to my yoga class or my fitness classes in the morning um, that are like right down the way. Um, So that's on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I just walk over there. If they haven't left by nine, I say goodbye. I leave. I go to my classes. And then when I get home, um, usually walk the dog and then edit podcasts um, on Mondays. 
and then just kind of like knock out some like cleaning, grocery shopping, whatever else is like during the day stuff that I need to get done, which kind of varies depending on like how clean the house was um, over the weekend or how much laundry I've been procrastinating on or whatever else. So yeah, that's kind of like basis of what the mornings look like for me. Yeah. And now like, I mean, now obviously roles change every, like every once in a while you have a shift in roles, like Blake's on the job hunt right now. So he's spending a lot more time with Landon during the day while I like, and now like my schedule is more like a nighttime schedule now. So it's kind of like, like things have kind of flopped. Um, but we, but like Blake and I really try to be consistent with like, like with, you know, Landon has his nap around 11 or 12. Um, last night Landon didn't sleep well. Um, but Blake was like doing a lot of like work and stuff during the, like in the middle of the afternoon yesterday. So Landon and Landon ended up taking like a three hour nap in the middle of the day. So Landon's like, Landon did not fall asleep till almost like, I guess like 10 o'clock or something like nine. It was like, I think he finally went, like, I finally was able to keep him sleeping until like nine, like 1030, which we discovered that the only reason that he wasn't falling asleep was because he wanted his car. And we kept telling him he couldn't have his car because we thought he would just wanted to play, but he just wanted to have his car in the crib with him. So that would have solved, saved us two hours. Cause we what, like, what he, car? He just wants, like, he likes his cars. He likes to have his cars, uh, one of his cars in the bed with him now, apparently. Oh yeah. Phoenix uh, was sleeping with he went through a phase where he would pick two cars that would park in his bed at night yeah. two little cars yeah so Landon's decided that he wants to do that now so that was like a learning experience for me last night like literally as soon as I gave him his car and put him in his like bed he like pitched a fit a little bit but then he was out and I was just like well crap two hours ago I wish he would have done that because he wasn't really wanting to go down but we were both just like well since he like you know he had like twin what are you doing I'm standing up I'm standing up because my watch told me I need to stand up and my back is hurting because we're sitting on the floor. Your watch told you you need to stand up? Yeah, you're supposed to stand once an hour, and I've been sitting for an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's an Apple Watch thing. If you have an Apple Watch, you know what I'm talking about. I literally just got a stand <laughs> alert on my watch. and like we're, we're, So we're recording through Skype, which we said before, so she can see me, and I'm like literally like, I'm, I'm like, not even standing what? all the way up, but She's I'm like, like kind of like, and she was like moving her arms like what are you doing okay anyways so um we um what was I saying about the routine uh you were saying that he wasn't Landon wasn't sleeping oh yeah last night Landon wasn't sleeping so we kind of thought okay well well it was like 7 30 which is a little bit like his bedtime is seven o'clock so we try to like get him in bed by seven o'clock um um and, but we were having dinner so we were just like okay so it's like 7 20 it's time to go to bed so we put him down and um he for like an hour he was just like talking and like then he started like crying and saying mama and daddy and we were just like okay so we put his little tablet in there with him with the lights off and like kind of laid him down and whatever so Blake and I get to like calculating out numbers and like kind of like organizing stuff trying to figure out you know the you know the moving situation and we look I look up and it's like 10 o'clock or something nine o'clock and I look at the outlet I'm like oh Landon's awake still so of course I have, to be, I have to be bad cop and go in there and take his ipad from him or his, his tablet from him and he's like he's super mad about it obviously so it took us about like an hour or whatever to get him to just like finally settle down which really isn't that bad but it was so late so things like that bother me only because I don't like to alter his schedule that much like I like for him to take like the longest an hour and a half nap so that by the time seven o'clock comes around he's a, he's sleepy so he's ready to go to bed so that he gets up at seven eight o'clock in the morning and so it doesn't, because what happens is it ends up eating into Blake and I's evening together because Landon's not going down when he's supposed to, um, which is kind of like a little bit of what happened last night. So yeah, you know, that brings into the nighttime routine. So Landon's nighttime routine, he is, we try to, I try to get him fed by get him sitting down eating something by like 6.15, 6.30. Um, it tends to take him about 30 minutes to eat. I would say if he, if it's not a bath night, we do baths every other night. Um, on a bath night, I like him to be eating by six o'clock so that by six 30, we can put him in the bathtub, gives him 15 minutes in the bathtub and then 15 minutes to change him and get him like, um, get, get him, sit him on the toilet, him on the potty, um, get a diaper on him, pajamas, get him nighttime, night, nighttime story. I like to have a full, like, I like to have like an hour of wind down time. And I consider like him sitting down and eating dinner wind down time. Cause he's sitting quietly in his high chair chilling out and then he knows it's bath time like he he knows all these things 
So I try to get him all into the, like the whole full on full blown routine at night. Um, and that typically works. He like, by the time we're sitting down reading his story, um, sometimes he's like really wants to play. And sometimes he's just, he'll just sit there quietly and like, let me read a story to him. Um, if he's really wanting to play, I just kind of give him an option of like, Landon, either you sit down with me and we read a story or you're going to just go straight to bed. And sometimes you have to go straight to bed and sometimes you don't. Um, on the nights when we don't do his, when we don't do a bath, um, we, we do dinner about 6.30 and, um, and then I just go in at like 10 till and put his, put him on fresh, put fresh clothes on him. I'll probably wipe him down with some baby wipes because he makes, sometimes he makes a mess at dinner and then we just like do a story and I do a story with him. I like a story is really important to me. I don't know why it's so important to me, but I think it's because I don't like read to my son throughout the day. So I feel like taking that moment to just read one story with him every single night is like a good thing to do. So we just read to him every night and it's typically our nighttime routine works like a charm. Landon tends to go down for sleep really easily and he sleeps all the way through most nights. Um, there's been a couple nights this week. Blake said that he had to get up with him like two times a couple nights ago. Um, but like I said, I feel like if the day is consistent, if he does like a good activity during the day, that kind of wears him out. We never have any issues with him going to sleep when we go to like, when we go to play city or we go to the park for a long time, where we take him to the dog park or anything like that. We yeah. never have an issue with him going to bed. Um, it's days that where it's just kind of like, he's in the house all day that kind of tend to like, you know, not make our nighttime routine go as smoothly as normal as normal. So what's you and Derek's routine with being at night? So the bedtime routine is kind of my domain. So it's going to be a little bit more type A versus the daytime or the morning routine. Um, So I pick up Phoenix at four o'clock every day, give or take somewhere between four and four 30. It's usually about four. Um, and I, we do some sort of activity if he's feeling up to it. We used to always go to, um, Sky Zone or like Play City or like one of those places, but because of, you know, what's going on as far as like people's health and a lot of those places are closing down, um, we probably won't be doing that this week. Um, and then sometimes he's just tired when he gets home from school. He's like, I'll ask him like, Hey, do you want to work? You want to go do this? And he's just like, no, I'm tired. I just want to go home. And I'm like, Okay. So, you know, which is a good sign because that means that, like, he's getting worn out at school. Um, So I take him home, and then as soon as we get home, he wants to eat something. So I make him something, and it varies every single day um, depending on, like, how he feels. Um, And it's usually not the most healthy thing. It's, like, mac and cheese or, like, I'll cut up some potatoes and I'll, you know, fry them up or roast them up for him or uh, cereal or some leftover pasta from the night before or something but, but like he ha- he's like has to eat something when he gets home because he's so usually so hungry and if he doesn't eat he's like super grumpy um also when I pick him up I have to bring him an apple juice which sounds kind of like weird I guess but I guess when I pick him up he's just super dehydrated I don't know but every single day I bring him like an apple a cup of apple juice in the car just like his regular sippy travel cup I just fill up the apple juice and bring it to him and when I don't do that he's just like super grumpy which I'm sure it's because he's dehydrated so I just bring him that for him to drink as soon as he gets in the car and it keeps him in like a good mood um until we get home and then like I said we eat and then we usually take out take Sansa out who's our dog and then we kind of just hang out and then if I have plans to cook dinner which doesn't happen every night but I will cook myself something um and cook Derek something I will eat usually by myself because by this time it's about 5 30 um and then I'll sit down with Phoenix, he'll watch a movie, and maybe I'll, either I'll watch it with him, or I'll watch something on my own, and he'll, like, play with his trucks, or his trains, or whatever, and then at 6, 6.30, I tell him, like, hey, there's 30 more minutes until bedtime, and then, um, I get up, usually I set an alarm for 7 on the Google, um, and then when it goes off, he knows, like, it's time to get in the bath. Sometimes he'll want to start the bath early, but usually 7 o'clock, um, I start running the bath at 6.50, he's in the bath by 7, he takes no longer than a 30 minute bath, even if he wants to stay longer, but he has to be out of the bath by 7:30. And then when he gets out of the bath, um, he has now started getting himself dressed. So he'll get himself dressed. He'll brush his teeth. And then we read three books and then we turn on, um, we used to turn on uh, bedtime explorers meditation, but he doesn't want to listen to that anymore at the moment. I'm sure he'll switch back, but he now wants to listen to, um, 
what we call piano music, which basically is um, the soundtrack to the Studio Ghibli movies. So like uh, Spirited Away and um, Totoro and um, Castle in the Sky, like all those soundtracks. If you're familiar with um, Studio Ghibli, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's a playlist on Spotify and we play that um, on his Google and then we leave him in the bed and we go sit in the living room for a few minutes until he falls asleep after reading the three books and then he goes to sleep. Now this sounds like it's worked, been working like awesome lately, but it's literally been a fight with Phoenix for the past year and a half to get him to abide by the routine. Even like two weeks ago, getting him to stay in his bed and not come out was like three or four nights of me and Derek being up until like 10 o'clock at night, putting him back in his room, us both sitting in the living room, putting him back in his room constantly. Um, and uh, it's just been, I'm grateful that it's working the way that it is working now, uh, where he's falling asleep quickly. We've also added um, melatonin at night to his night every night because he just doesn't sleep very well. Like he doesn't fall asleep very well on his own without it. And honestly, I'd rather have peace than have the nights that we've been having for the last year. Um, we just cut it down to like two milligrams of melatonin, one, one to two milligrams of melatonin. And we've kind of noticed like before he was having like wake up in the middle of the night and having like, like walking around and like sleepwalking and do all types of weird stuff. So we noticed that like having less melatonin helps. Um, so like one to two and he falls asleep peacefully usually. By if he's in the bed by eight, he's asleep by like eight thirty. Um, I try to get him in the bed by seven thirty, but Derek is kind of more lenient. Um, he probably usually doesn't get him in the bed until eight, and then he'll fall asleep by eight thirty. Um, so all of that works really well now, and I'm very proud that it works like that because it used to be like super stressful. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much how the nights go. I mean, yours, routine, our routines are obviously pretty different. Yeah, I feel like with with Landon, I guess at night it's just been always pretty easy. Like it was, it was only hard when we he was like tiny, four months, and I was just kind of figuring out my mommy routines with him, um, and just learning as a new mom what to do with him. But now it's just like, like yeah, we do music, we do a show show every night, and um, and he just tends to, and even for me, it's it's important for me for Landon to know that it's time to sleep. Um, I feel like for Blake, he doesn't mind if Landon kind of stays awake and like makes noises and like laughs and plays a little bit in his crib. Um, I kind of, I like to make sure Landon's room is clean when we go to bed at night. One, because it's, I don't like stepping on a hundred things in, on the floor. Two, I feel like the more things he sees out in his room, because we do have a nightlight on now for him, the more likely he is to like start wanting to play with things and seeing things that he wants to grab and whatever. And so I like to put everything away in his room. Like I want his room to be completely organized and clean every night when we go to, when he goes to bed. I really want to like minimize the number of like stuffed animals he has and like things that he has in his bed. Like I'd really like to cut it to like his dinosaur and like one like car or whatever, like the one thing he wants to sleep with and not have like nine of them in the bed. Cause I always take him out and then somehow they always end up like a hundred of them back in the bed. So I think it's important to eliminate as many distractions as possible and it's like impossible to sit down and like read laying in a story and have him focusing on my story when like all of his toys are everywhere in the room. Like I don't, I can't even, you know, sleep with chaos around me. So, but any other routines that you want to like, I think we went over kind of the main routines that we have for our life, you know, with our kids. Yeah. I mean, do you have like, like, I think I know the answer to this, but do you have like your routine written down anywhere or do you just kind of like have it in your head? No, I definitely just have it in my head. Have I typed it out and written it down? Yeah, my mom was staying here. I text her kind of the routine. Same with Christian. Um, I text her the routine. The morning routine right now obviously kind of just varies. Blake and I really try to, our agreement right now is that on days that I don't have to work, I get up with Landon in the morning and start the routine. Um, Blake tends to shortly follow after that, but I, I will do the morning routine. And then um, obviously days I work, I'm not here. So he has to do the nighttime routine. So the nights that I am here, I do the night, I do the nighttime routine with Landon. Um, I really like the two of us to do it. I feel like it's an important like show of solidarity for he and I to both put Landon down to bed. But I also understand, and especially since it's not very hard to do. Um, but I feel like I understand Blake's like desire to want like a break from doing the bedtime routine every, you know, like multiple times a night. I actually enjoy doing the nighttime routine with him. Sometimes I'm like, man, I, I would be like, ugh. 
I got to read Land in a Story, but then I'm, just, but then when we sit down and he's like so excited about it and he's like, you know, paying attention, I'm just like, oh man, like this is really, like he's yeah. really enjoying this, you know? Yeah, we, so bedtime routine is actually the one thing that I don't like doing. Um, That's because it's been so difficult for you to it, do. If when it it's not, cool. when it's peaceful. Yeah, when it's peaceful, I enjoy it. If it was just like, okay, Phoenix, let's get, let's clean up our toys. All right, let's get in the bath. Okay, let's get dressed. All right, let's lay down. Let's read the stories. Okay, good night. Lights out, done. Which it has been more like that lately. Uh, if it was like that every night, I would enjoy it more. Um, so that's the goal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's the difference between you and I, though, is that we, Derek and I alternate nights. So now that I'm home full time, Derek does the bedtime routine uh, Wednesdays and Saturday and Sunday nights, and I do it the other four nights. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I do the bedtime routine. So we kind of all have a chance to like, <clears throat> and it really came out of this just the simple fact that one, Derek being able to spend time with Phoenix and us going, are you going to put him in bed? Are you going to, or, or am I going to do it? Who's turn is it? Whatever. And because we don't do it together, because honestly, it backfires when we're both doing the bedtime routine. Phoenix gets more distracted. He's more wired. He's up, especially since Derek comes home um at different times so like on nights where he goes to bed or you know where Derek doesn't come until eight obviously he can't put him to bed um but if Derek comes home like right in the middle of the bedtime routine and it's his turn to do it or or I'm sorry and it's not his turn then he then Phoenix is like all awake and he's like oh daddy's here like he's like running around and it kind of like starts the whole kind of calm down part of the routine over again so it just helps like on nights where it's my turn to do it and he's working he'll try to stay out a little bit later so that he's coming home when Phoenix is already asleep. And usually we'll do like a last phone call, like before he goes to sleep, be like, all right, good night, Phoenix, whatever. Or he knows it's my turn and that daddy's not going to be there for this, for a bedtime routine, but he'll be back. Like uh, in two nights, it'll be his return. So that kind of has helped for us at least. Okay. Sweet. Those are our routines. Hopefully they like, Maybe give you guys a couple of ideas or like anything that you would like to alter or change or add or do you guys have any suggestions on anything that we sh- like that you think we should do? I know that for Ashley and I both, it's kind of it's a matter of like understanding that we don't do it like we don't do the same do things the same as our spouses do. Um, yeah, like allowing them to take the control of when it's their night to do something or their day to do it. Like not like I don't I just ask Blake like. So how did the night, how did it go with Landon? And he's like, he, it went fine. And I don't ask him like, did you make sure to turn the shisher on? Did you give him like, like, I'll just ask him like the next night, like, did you guys do a bath last night? And then um, I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. So tonight we're not doing a bath. So tomorrow we're going to do a bath. Cause we only, we just literally do it every other night. Cause I don't, unless Landon, unless we have pasta two nights in a row and Landon's covered in pasta or unless we like go to a dog park or something that day, like, and it just happens to be not the other day. He does, like if we're hanging out in the house all day, like there's no reason to give my son a bath every single day. It's also like not the best for his skin. So when he gets older and he's at school and he's sweating and running around and stuff, then yeah. But right yeah. now, it's, it's not necessary to do a bath with him every single night. It's also not it's not necessary for his sleep routine. Um, now, granted, if we start seeing like a significant difference in like this ease, the ease of if we do a bath every single night with him just for the calming down purpose, um, then we may start doing it every night. But then again, like you know yeah I for, feel like hour of focused attention 100% focused attention on Landon going to bed um is very helpful to making sure that the rest of the night goes well but we also tend to cook dinner around the same time too because Landon tends to eat if I make him separate food a lot of times he won't eat it not a lot of times if I make him separate food he will eat it and but then if he sees my food he wants my food so if we all try to sit down and eat dinner together and Landon doesn't have the same food as us like it kind of defeats the purpose of making us all food um or making Landon dinner so honestly I prefer to give Landon dinner at like 5 30 so he's already eating and then if we want to cook dinner while one of us is doing the bedtime routine then we'll eat dinner after Landon goes down which is my preference but yeah. anyway like I said, if you guys have any, like, if you guys want to share your nighttime routines with us, please feel free to shoot us an email or leave us a comment. Um, and don't forget to share us with your friends and family. We love to hear, like, that you guys love us or like to, you know, love our podcast so much that you want other people to share, you know, share in our, I don't know, lives, share yeah. in our lives, share in our joy <laughs> um, with other people. So, uh, but yeah, follow us on our social medias. They will be in the description box. Um, if you guys haven't noticed our description, like I'm not going to every week highlight 
in our description box. Like if we have, like, can we talk about something specific? Um, it's technically called show notes. Show notes. Sorry. Show yeah. notes. I guess the description box is YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our, our show notes. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like give like a whole bunch because honestly, I know a lot of people don't read the show notes and they're not going to read like a super long show note thing. And I want you guys to listen. So I don't want to like give away a whole bunch of stuff in the show notes. And then you guys be like, Oh, well, I don't oh. care about that. So I'm not going to listen, you know? So, um, but I will definitely, um, I'm trying, you know, we're trying new things. We're trying new stuff. So thank you guys for hanging in there with us on our 11th episode. This is officially the first episode that we have. We're using, um, one Skype. We did all the things in one week. Skype and the new, and we're recording on MacBooks this week instead yes. of. In- so. Oh yeah, that's a big thing. We bought it. I bought a MacBook this week. Or Derek and I bought a MacBook this week. Um, and yeah, it's actually been really nice to actually have a computer that works, that loads, that charges. It's not loud. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it had a really loud fan in it. <laughs> yeah, just all the things that it's like doing that it's just like so. Uh, it's just so nice, dude. Honestly, it's so nice. Can't yeah. even tell you. So, anyways, we've made this podcast long, so yeah. here we go. Enjoy the rest of our Sunday with our families. But you guys have a wonderful weekend. Please stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Drink lots of water. Drink your emergency. Wash your hands. Just take care of your immune systems and show love to everybody that you see and encouragement as everybody goes through a big transition over the next, you know, few weeks and stuff. Yeah. All right, All guys. Right. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.